Well, a fall in the euro today after news of lockdowns in Holland and Austria. Could others follow? And there's a continued dovish stance by the ECB versus a more hawkish outlook by the Fed and a strong read in the Empire State Manufacturing Index. The telling sign is going to be US retail numbers, which are outlaid on today. And where does the RBA sit in all of this between the hawks and the doves? Well, Philip Lowe is talking later. Whilst President Biden and President Xi are about to talk together any moment now. And jobs numbers for the UK, watched keenly by the Bank of England, no doubt. It's Tuesday, the 16th of November. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So we've got a small rise in the US dollar this morning with a half percent rise in the euro, but the rising dollar hasn't stopped the Aussie dollar. It's up 0.3% this morning, doing better than most. A bad day for US equities, though. The Nasdaq was down half a percent, but it's half that now, uh, down a quarter percent. Still down, though, whilst the S&P and the Dow are pretty flat. And shares are up in Europe, over half a percent for the Cat Caron, 0.4% for the Euro stocks 50. The FTSE 100 is looking pretty flat. And oil prices are falling, around 0.6% down for Brent and WTI. Way more than that earlier, with WTI slipping below $80 for a while. And bond yields are rising, up five basis points for 10-year treasuries, getting up to 1.62% earlier. UK 10-year gilts are also up five basis points. Uh, Aussie 10-year yields uh, were three basis points lower. Let's see what today brings. Uh, with Rodrigo Catrill here to talk to us from NAB in Sydney. So, yeah, we're, we're continuing to see movements in bonds, aren't we? The biggest move, though, in FX has been that fall in the, in the euro. That presumably is a follow-on from, you know, the strict COVID measures that we were talking about yesterday being introduced in the Netherlands and Austria and maybe Germany next because they've got uh, rising infection rates there. Is, is that it? Or is it we've also heard from the ECB, you know, they reiterating no push to, to tighten policy as well. Um, so, you know, uh, where, where are we going with Europe, do you think? <laughs> uh, morning, Phil. Yes. Um, all of the above, I, I would say. Uh, plus mm. uh, the technical picture as well, that when you look at the euro, it was trading just above that 114 level, and then as it broke through, it sort of accelerated in terms of the decline. Um, but quite right, there's, there's a sort of picture that is evolving in terms of um, Europe struggling a little bit more in terms of economic activity, and now the COVID factor uh, is back again, um, uh, which is obviously going to have some impact again uh, on activity. And, and we have had um, it's sort of uh, quite a lot of central bank speakers from the UK, Bank of Canada, ex-Fed speakers, um, uh, which were very much on, on the hawkish side, uh, and mm. Fed Dudley in particular, again, suggesting that he thought that, you know, the cash rate, the Fed funds rate in the US could easily get to three, if not four percent. Um, and then um, in, in, in that respect, he also said he, he thought the pricing uh, in terms of the market uh, still has plenty more to go. So that's kind of played into the view of this move up in, in, in core yields, in particular um, U.S. Treasury yields uh, with the back end leading that, that rise on the 30-year bond, lifting seven basis points. So it's a, it's a significant move. Um, but um, to the contrast of that, as you say, we also had ECB Lagarde speaking, and again, yeah. pretty much holding the line about you know not being concerned about inflation or the rising prices being more permanent um, and, you know, secondary effects that, that seem to be limited and so on. So it's certainly quite a contrast there, not only in terms of the outlook or the near-term growth outlook, but also the, the position from the central bank as well. Yeah, well, they're saying that uh, keeping an eye on inflation, it's still going to be important that monetary policy, including the appropriate calibration of asset purchases, uh, continues uh, to supporting the recovery throughout the euro area. So they, they really are becoming an outlier, aren't they, on how dovish they stand, aren't they? They are, but I think it's also quite right in terms of pointing out that 
it's a slightly different picture when you look at the inflation dynamics. There's, there's no sort of broad base in inflationary pressures coming particularly from wages. Uh, so that's one factor. Mm. Um, they've also been hit a little bit harder and still being hit a bit harder by that energy uh, component. But again, that is also expected to be transitory. Um, so, so they certainly can't afford to they they can they can afford to be a little bit more patient, um, but in terms of the uncertainty, is still very much there, and we have to see how it plays out. Yeah, and uh, more positive news on the other side of the Atlantic, though uh, the, the New York's Empire State Manufacturing Index up from nineteen point eight to thirty point nine for November, which uh, which sounds pretty good. Forty three percent of respondents said conditions had improved over the over the uh, the month of October although less optimistic about the next six months. Yes, so but it's certainly a, a very nice sort of uptick in, in, in the reading. Um, and to the point as well that uh, many of these regional um, uh, surveys in the US uh, tend to sort of follow what, what, what happens on, on the China PMI. So it was kind of a nice surprise that, that we saw this uptick uh, where many have suggested that we might start seeing a bit of a decline uh, given what we know from, from China as well. So. It's been a nice surprise, and it certainly played into into the price action as well, particularly the move up in U.S. Treasury yields that we've seen overnight. And we saw that in capital expenditure and technology spending both are up. Uh, so you know they obviously are planning for growth. Well, they could be planning to replace workers. Take take your pick, but let's let's hope they're planning for growth. Uh, but prices received as well up to fifty point eight, so the highest price ever. So, uh, so the highest rise ever. So we you know we're still seeing inflation creeping in, aren't we? Yes, yeah, it's definitely still there. Um, but there's hope that we're starting to see a little bit of unease in some of those pressures. Um, but again, um, uh, you know, this, you know, news, for instance, of ports disruptions in, in China because of COVID as well. So this idea of supply chain bottlenecks, particularly coming from, from China, um, it's, it hasn't gone away yet. And we might get another round in terms of, of those price pressures as well. So still mm. very much in the midst of it. So China's activity numbers, they were better than expected, at least as far as retail sales and industrial production. It seems fixed asset investment is a bit lower than expected. And of course, all of these are much lower than they were at the start of the year because of the lockdowns and the energy shortages. But uh, maybe we're starting to see things stabilise now. Yes, uh, I think what we can say with some certainty is that it's not as bad as we thought it would be, Um, whether it stabilises. Um, I think there's a general sense that we will stabilize in, in the growth will stabilize in China, but at a lower rate. Mm. So we need to bear that in mind, particularly when we think about, you know, the outlook for commodities in over 2022. Uh, but certainly when you look at the numbers and, and Tapas actually did the, the monthly numbers seasonally adjusted, which you don't get straight away. So you have to calculate them. And, and as you say, very, very positive numbers uh, across the board in terms of retail sales, um, industrial production as well. And, and the, the issue within industrial production is that clearly it's, it's the mining and utilities that are doing okay, but the manufacturing, as we know, is um, is struggling a little bit as well. Yeah. I'm looking at a piece in the AFR this morning about uh, how state enterprises are taking over some of the projects that Evergrande can no longer afford. Uh, of course, those state enterprises getting access to cheaper bank funding uh, and less questions asked no doubt so loads of partially finished projects that the uh, the state enterprises might uh, step in for like the 1.6 million people who've paid for an apartment that Evergrande isn't able to d- deliver so public sector companies stepping in uh, and state developers uh, basically buying up lots of uh, of land at, at auctions as well so uh, 
lots of state enterprises with lots of money. So maybe that's how they're going to see themselves through this crisis. Yeah, and if anything, it's an example of sort of the difference in terms of the economic system. Mm. Um, there's a there's a clear sort of mandate, if you like, uh, for everybody to to pick up the slack. So. Um, it, I think someone described this as, an, as a sort of controlled explosion of Evergrande and all other developers where everybody else needs to take a little bit of responsibility. Um, and as you say, you get given credit, um, but you have to still deliver on the project. Um, saying that, we've got to remember that, uh, you know, you've been told to deliver on a project which someone else sold and someone else got paid for. Um, so in terms of you know, you deliver the project, um, that's going to cost you. Um, yeah. and, and that's still going to have an economic consequence. You're not going to get the money. So, so the, in terms of the, it's not a good the deal, is it? that is occurring, it's not like, well, the way it's been sold in a sense is that if you want to continue to buy land from the council, then, you know, you've got to deliver the project. So, right. so, so there's a sort of a long-term view that everybody picks up a little bit of the slack. Um, but there still will be economic consequences. The, the prices are lower. Uh, developers are going to be less keen to develop. Um, yeah. The budget is also going to be tighter. And we've got to remember the house price is still under pressure. So that's an important component in terms of you know how you sell forward uh, some of these developments, as well as the, the revenue that it means for the councils as well. So there, there will be a managed, uh, if you like, uh, deflation of the, the sector, uh, but it will have economic consequences in terms of lower activity. So uh, uh, President Biden and Xi Jinping uh, are holding a virtual meeting uh, soon, actually, I think, isn't it? Uh, this ev- the, um, uh, Monday evening, US time, to try and improve relations between the two countries. It's fair to say there's been a press statement on both sides, which, uh, just paraphrasing, they both say pretty much the same thing. Don't expect too much. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's, it's um, you know, probably not market moving, but it's a positive sign, isn't it? I mean, we, uh, you know. We, we, we probably didn't, wouldn't have seen this in the previous presidency. Yes, um, that, that's exactly the first point to make. It's the fact that they're willing and wanting to talk to each other, that, that's a, a great sign um, to, at least as a minimum, ease the pressures and, and so not let things and, and the relationship get worse than what it is already. Um, there are many sort of difficult topics that um, there's a general sense that they've, they're not very keen of going there in, in order to avoid the pressures, in particular the issues around you know, Taiwan and human rights in Hong Kong and Xinjiang um, and, and COVID as well. You know, where did it come from and who was responsible for what? But uh, where there is a little bit of hope that maybe we'll get a little bit of um, some developments is, is around this idea of the, the trade relationship. Yeah. Uh, we know China hasn't, to some extent, hasn't really been able to deliver uh, on, on those promises because of, you know, the COVID and the pandemic. Uh, but within that, there, there's still arguments that more could be done. Um, and maybe maybe there's there's an olive branch coming there from the U.S. There's some speculation that maybe there will be some ease on, on, on some of the, the restrictions and sanctions. Um, but anything positive, and regardless of how big or small it is, it will be a good sign and a reflection that there's, there's interest on, on not trying to, to make things worse from both sides. I just hope Joe Biden hasn't had a big lunch. Uh, the today in Australia, the uh, weekly consumer confidence survey uh, and the RBA minutes. Uh, we've got Philip Lowe talking this afternoon as well. Look, we've probably heard everything from the RBA, haven't we? Because we had the statement of monetary policy the Friday after the last meeting. But uh, will Philip Lowe have anything new to say today, do you think? Um, well, um, we, we think that he, he will try to emphasise this idea that uh, very much along the lines of you know what's going on in Europe to some extent that 
uh, those inflationary trends that we've seen in many parts of the world, particularly in the U.S., um, are not necessarily going to be sort of um, emulated, if you like, in, in the same manner, manner and magnitude in, in the domestic market. And he'll probably try to expand a little bit more on that. Uh, his topic of, of the speech is, is recent trends in inflation. Um, and certainly, I think he will again emphasize that um, we need to see that increase in wages pressures to see uh, inflationary pressures become more persistent in, in Australia. And, and at the moment, we, we're not there yet, but certainly moving in the right direction. And UK employment numbers later on as well, that might determine the, the, the path for the, for the Bank of England, which, even though they did nothing last time, are still sounding fairly hawkish, aren't they? They are sounding very hawkish. And, and I think there's a sort of general sense that they're, they're very worried about inflation and they, 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 they need to do something about it. Mm. Um, but at the moment, they, they want to wait and see and, um, you know, to, to see all these sort of moving parts, how they settle and in particular, uh, how the labor market settles uh, after all uh, the end of all of the support that is currently being under. So, but this might um, be too. Uh, this might be too soon. It might, it might exactly. Have to the, yeah. to, today might be too. You, you need probably one or two more months to to see yeah. exactly where where we land on that one. All right, but we will be watching with interest U.S. retail numbers for October. They are expected to pick up a bit month by month. In fact, uh, I looked at uh, Mastercard spending pulse snapshot has. Uh, has a year-on-year 6.1% rise in retail sales happening on MasterCard. Uh, so that's got to be a, a good sign. Uh, e-commerce still rising as well, surprisingly. So anyway, we'll see where that takes us. And then we've got industrial production early tomorrow morning as well and the NHA, NAHB housing market index. So a few numbers from the US. A few numbers from the US. Retail sales, the, the key one. Uh, I think uh, Ray yesterday talked about this idea, watch what the consumer does rather than what they say. Uh, mm. the, the consumer sentiment has been on on a significant decline of lights, and uh, it has a good record from a historical point of view of, of pointing to the risk of recessions, for instance. So it's something that certainly many of us are keeping a close eye on. But at the moment, we also know that, you know, the consumer is cashed up. And, and at the moment, there's still evidence that at least the U.S. consumer is very much is very happy to to spend, and and this will be a confirmation of of that uh, state of mind, if you like. Right. Okay. Very good. Uh, that's it for now. Then. Good to talk, Rodrigo. Catch you next time. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And that's how things are this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. Have a great day. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs>